0: Ron and Anian you know the value of a car is is only measured by what sort of service it gives you the car doctor
1: so it's when it's uh, in warm-up mode
2: right it's only going to run off of uh, wide open um, or open loop I'm sorry and it's not gonna let the o2 sensors influence it until they heat up is that correct
1: correct welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to. For their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick
0: up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. time to start your engines. Ron and Annie, and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. That number again, 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 hotline. Always there, always working, just like the Car Doctor always is fixing cars. But that phone number is there for you if you wish to call 855-560-9900. Toll free, anytime day or night. It's 24-7. Like I said, you can leave a message and Tom Ray, our executive producer, will call you up and get you in the queue. The next live broadcast, we are live out on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m., and we go across this great country of ours and around the world, I guess. Uh, We actually appear in some very different places. We were just uh, talking about it, referencing that somewhere in London, um, there is a pub. That is downloading podcasts of The Car Doctor. Well, and I guess that's sort of legal. We'll let them get away with it. And it's uh, warm beer and The Car Doctor on Friday night or Monday night, whatever the heck it is, um, uh, something along those lines. And uh, we appreciate that. And I guess the British are really starved for talent, so they decided to listen to this show instead. Um, Can I get the uh, warm beer without The Car Doctor show? Uh, you probably could. Um, Excellent. You know why the British drink warm beer? Does they listen to The Car Doctor show? No, because Lucas, the guys who make electrical systems for Jaguar also make refrigerators really so, yeah so they don't they don't they don't nothing they do works i was gonna say um, they yeah, must work just as good as the cars yeah huh? it's just it's just 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 yeah just doesn't work um but anyway that's um that's that story and uh, but again you can call that phone number and tom and uh our our, our young producer in training motorhead met there will uh, be soon manning the phones and uh, taking charge as uh, we continue to move this radio show forward. I want to do this because I didn't get to do it last hour. And actually, I want to do two things now before I go into the repair of the week conversation, because nobody can answer this question last hour either. Here's the trivia question from last hour. In 1907, so like I said before, when Tom was in grade school, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent, U.S. patent number 912831, for what device? I'll even give you a little bit of a clue. Was it windshield wipers, disc brakes, convertible roofs, brake lights, or turn signals? Which one was it? In 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent. For what device? Windshield wipers, disc brakes, convertible roofs, brake lights, or turn signals? And as before, as I said, we will uh, give away, we will send out a Car Doctor T-shirt to the lucky winner. Um, No guarantee on size because we are getting down to the bottom of the barrel. We've got a reorder. Um, We've actually got a new version car doctor t-shirt coming out which uh i've just been busy folks been fixing a lot of cars it's um it's been crazy in the shop i'll tell you what the last four or five months have uh, you found
3: a new place to put them when they come in last time we were tripping over them here in the studio
0: well no it's just i'm going to keep away from you though because you know i think half of them ended up on ebay and uh, the former illustrious producer not to be named um i think he took some of them home sold them in a garage sale uh usi's faulty parts that may cause auto gas tank leaks you know As if the automobile industry doesn't have enough problems, right? The Takata airbag recall bankrupted Takata. Here we go again. U.S. safety regulators and automakers are trying to track down gas tank flanges that can crack and cause fuel leaks on what could be millions of cars and trucks. NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, began investigating parts made by German supplier Continental Automotive GmbH after the company filed recall documents this week saying the parts could be defective. The documents posted Friday by the agency, that's National Highway Traffic, said Continental sold the potentially faulty flanges to 11 automakers and five other parts supply companies. Volkswagen, Porsche, and Audi already have recalled nearly half a million vehicles because of leaky flanges, which cover openings in the fuel tank for the fuel pump and other items. How can the auto industry, how can we keep making things bad? I don't understand. It's not like cars were just invented yesterday. Cars as we know them are to what level internal combustion engine? They've been around over a hundred years. We're just, we're just, we're making more and more garbage every day. I don't. So just be aware. It's the next recall we're going to see. Get out to National Highway and Traffic Safety NHTSA.gov for more information. Had a car this week. That that wrapped up. Now I'm all done. Now that gives me my, you know. Now I can go forward and do my thing. Had a car this week, a 2014 Chevrolet Malibu. Check engine light on. P0 15a is an apple fault code for the upstream oxygen sensor did not switch fast enough now watch what I say you know back when o2 sensors first came out we just wanted to see that they work did they did they range in voltages they go high to low low to high that they do what they're supposed to do as, as time went on cars got more involved more obviously technologically complex and they found ways to measure What are the individual sensors doing? So the car was getting better and better at testing itself. They are looking for, they are now looking at oxygen sensors or air fuel sensors, depending upon the brand, the model, the car. But in a generic sense, they are looking for the O2s to show a very quick switch rate very early. You know, before the engine is hit 30 degrees over base temp, they want that O2 sensor working. They want to light that O2 off. Um, uh, very, very quickly. And it's come down to the point now where within, well, I measured it on a scan tool. Within 24 seconds, the downstream O2 was working. The upstream O2 was a little behind, which tells me there's a problem there, but not the particular problem that will fix this that this vehicle has. Um, And I guess my point is where we once tested an oxygen sensor, for example, five different ways, or I'm sorry, one way, we now test it five different ways. We look at times rich to lean, lean to rich, how quick before it comes online, how how often it switches, and you know a bunch of other things. They're testing them very, very thoroughly in order to make sure that the vehicle operates correctly. 0115A is a fault code for a rich to lean switch. In other words, the... O2 sensor was reporting a high voltage, meaning that there was an absence of oxygen, and it was calling for it to be leaned out. But it didn't happen fast enough. And when I say fast enough, it was it was less than a millisecond. And that's what they're looking at today. That's why fixing cars is getting so difficult and, 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 and complicated. In the end, the repair for this car, well, we think we know the repair, because I found a very obscure bulletin, and watch where they go here, GM... Uh, internal document, PIP 5389B, service engine lamp on with a P015A. This came out May of 2016. So this bulletin's over a year old. 2012 to 16, Equinox, Terrain, Verano, Cadillac, ATS, Chevrolet, Malibu, Chevrolet Impala, Colorado, GMC with the 2425 LCV and 25LKW motor. So it's just about everything in that, in that model year. They want you to go through. And check, let me get down to that part of it, um, die- repairs. inspect the engine oil level for being overfull. If oil level is found to be overfilled, readjust the correct level and reevaluate. If they don't re- lead to a resolution, you ready for this line? If the above steps of checking oil level and standard diagnostics don't lead to a resolution, advise the customer that engineering is aware of this concern and is working towards a repair. What the heck does that mean? I can tell you what it means because I found out the answer, but I'm just a little dramatic pause here. What does that mean? All of a sudden we're going to, we don't know what's wrong with the car that we're making. The problem they're having is that as the sensors age and they degrade slightly, they're not as crisp and as sharp in terms of change as they once were. And what General Motors has come up with is a refresh. You've got to refresh this car to fix it. And it made me think, how many cars are going to have oxygen sensors thrown at them because they can't diagnose it? I spoke to a hotline service in reference to this car because this one was a little deep. This one had a lot of theory in terms of figuring it out and had a lot of information required. And I spoke to a hotline service and they said, this particular code on this particular car is difficult to diagnose because of of, of how it occurs. It happens once every eight hours, or it happens once after an eight-hour vehicle soak. That means you've got to shut the car off four o'clock in the afternoon, not come back to it till the next morning or midnight, but who's going to work on it at midnight? Come back to it at midnight. I'm sorry, eight o'clock in the morning. And that's when it's going to run its test to see, will it pass? Will Will it have a fast enough switch rate? All I can say is, wow, where are we going to get the technology from? Here's a car that needs a software update. How many shops can do software? I had a conversation with a customer yesterday. A new fellow walked in. We were talking about capabilities, and I explained to him what we can do and how we do it. And he, he said, yeah, my my old mechanic doesn't have the ability to do computer flashing. And I said, well, that's why he's your old mechanic. Um, but the bigger picture becomes that how soon before it's mandatory where every shop is going to have to flash. I think the day is here. The time is here, clearly. The day is here. The time is now where if you can't flash a vehicle, you're not going to be able to really take the car in the door. How are you going to work on it? You're just, it's, it's, it's just, it's gotten out of hand. Gotten out of hand. So, um, I'm working on getting the flash. I have to get the vehicle back. I found this information after I let the vehicle go, telling him what I knew at that point and did more research. And I guess the reason this stood out in my mind was not to get up here and talk about flashing, which you've heard me talk about for so often, but to talk about flashing to let you know that, once again, um, it, it, it serves a very great purpose. But more importantly, when you're picking a mechanic, you know, if you come to me in two years and say, Ron, I, need, I picked the mechanic and he didn't have flashing and I, I don't know what to do, you know what? That's why your car's not getting fixed. Uh, you know, the latest tools and equipment are a sign of the times and of the capability of that particular mechanic. So just be aware of it. 855-560-9900. Ron and, Andy and the car doctor coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron the Car Doctor here and eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero is the phone number as always. And here to talk to you about your car problem and uh, help you deal with it, because that's what this radio show is all about. And keep in mind, that number is 24-7. You can call it any time, day or night, and uh, get up here on the Car Doctor Hotline, and we'll talk to you on our next live broadcast. We're out on the network, Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m., and uh, talking to you about automobile problems. And uh, that's what we do, folks. Um, Speaking of problems, in 1907, I can't believe I can't get an answer to this. Maybe I should let everybody cheat and use Google. In 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent, U.S. number 912831, for what device? I thought by now somebody would have gotten this. Maybe Car Doctor t shirts are worthless. I'm not sure. Let me see what the deal is here. Um, in 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent, U.S. number 912831, for what device? Was it windshield wipers, disc brakes, convertible roofs, brake lights, or turn signals? And um, we'll give the answer away by the end of the hour if nobody gets it. No, we're not going to give Tom a T-shirt because he's already got one on today. Yes, Tom, you had a question.
3: Actually, it was something <clears throat> something I saw online that uh, I sent you yesterday, and I was a little stunned by your answer coming back. What this was, it looks like duct tape. It had pictures of, well, mice and rats on it, and it right. was called, I believe it was made by Honda, it was called rodent tape, and I went, you know, this has to be a lot of bunk. And I sent it to you saying, look at this. Like,
1: yeah, you know, no, and, and you said
0: it's a real product and it works i am like what <laughs> yeah honda rodent tape part number 4019-2317 i stock it i use it it is it is a material like duct tape that is impregnated with pepper and all this nasty tasting sharp uh, uh, not that i know this you know not that i've eaten any of it but the idea is that if you if you're leaving your vehicle parked you would you know wrap the wiring harness or wrap certain areas to keep the animals from chewing on it um, heck i've i've had people tell me that they've wrapped their the rubber hose on their barbecue alright because squirrels love to eat rubber hoses on you know gas barbecues um, you just wrap it around that and it'll help protect it I've also seen some cars which makes me wonder what we're putting in the in the water supply because I've also seen some cars where it's got the Honda Rotten tape and these animals have just trued through it I don't want to see what the animal is that can eat this stuff uh, you know because it would be like a human being taking sulfuric acid out of a battery I can't imagine um, But, yeah, it's real. And, it, you know, for your application, uh, for everyone else's information, but for your application, Tom, yeah, to use it on a generator stuck out in the woods for the radio transmitter work you do during the week, it would make sense. Yeah, I think that would be very cool. It, it, it,
3: you know, because I recently had a situation. Actually, I had a squirrel get into something. Um, and usually for a, for a mouse or something, I'll block the hole with a um, – uh, it's, it's electrician's clay. The squirrel ate through it.
0: And I was like, (laughs) "Okay." Mm. Uh, And you know, maybe I'll give this a try and see what happens. You want want to see me? Want want to see me tell a dirty joke on radio? Sure. About the squirrels. You know, the squirrel says, "You know, show us your nuts." Okay, let's go over and talk to Dave in Iowa, two thousand Monte Carlo with an ignition piston problem. Um, Dave, are you there, sir? Hey,
1: how are you, Ron? I talk to you again.
0: Yes, sir. What's going on?
1: well, I uh, we, I got my my own personal friend who's a mechanic, okay, and we went over and looked at that Monte Carlo, and he told me to take a. We're not going to put any money in it, you know. I'll blow it up before I put another nickel in it. Right. But uh, I've I got an automobile. The same. He says the same engine, and we could take the part off of that and put it on that Monte Carlo. And uh, he said, I said, Are you sure they're the same? He said he checked it out, and he said. uh I said, I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to work or not. He said, well, the car won't know what it, what it where it's from, whether it's an automobile or a, or a Chevrolet. And uh, I thought that was kind of, you know, flip. But <laughs> well, anyway, is that possible sure. that it could work?
0: And I'll, and I'll tell you how you could find out, um, simple enough. Um, do you have access to the web?
1: Uh, yes, sir, I All right. do.
0: so go out to O'ReillyAuto.com. Go out to com Parts House O'Reilly Auto Parts, and look up both applications. And if both, you know, regardless of manufacturer, but if both applications come back as the same vendor, then by all means, it should work. There's no reason why it wouldn't. All right?
1: You know, I think he... Yeah, I think he tried that, Ron. And uh, uh, I had another c- a couple of questions real quick. I know you you got kind of one, you know, help other people. Yeah. But uh, I want to know if you're, when you're going to go on that ride across to Australia. And then I also want to tell you that uh, uh, since I'm down here in Iowa, I want to I'm going to go up to the university up there where they're building that car. You know, the uh, uh, solar car. And I'm going to we can make a million dollars on this one. We're going to get a solar. Motorcycle? How about a solar Harley?
0: Yeah, but where are you going to put the panels?
1: Well, on the back, like those little three-wheelers, you know. You'll just have to be like a grandpa, you maybe, know. May-
0: well, maybe we'll so, maybe we'll make a solar motorcycle, and it'll have to have a sidecar, because that's where the solar panels will be.
1: Well, that sounds even better. Yeah. If we're working together, we're going to be rich. Yeah, that way, we,
0: <laughs> that way, that way it'll go even further. So I like that idea. Um, as far as going to Australia, yeah. Dave, probably not anytime yeah. soon. I'm uh, I'm waiting for yeah, right. I'm, I'm waiting for Walt from Maui to have me out to Hawaii so we can do the radio show from the beach of Hawaii and when we get to Hawaii we'll just you know we'll just swing left and go down to Australia for a couple of weeks and maybe we can coordinate it that way so but um, yeah. I'll
1: try to con- keep con- contact with Iran on the, on the internet when I get it I drove over mine. Yeah, I drove over my iPad. <laughs> I got to drive truck and back over <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's no good either, my man. Hey, listen, I gotta go. The clock's no. gonna take me. But like I said, get out to O'ReillyOto.com. You can look up your parts there and cross-reference them. They should work. Um, if they if it says they're the same, then they're the same. Uh, you know, and that will uh, that will be a very good definitive source. I appreciate the call from you, David. Um, yeah, keep in mind that you know we can use. A lot of what's on the internet for direct references. A lot of catalog and information out there. That's why looking to the web sometimes is the right answer. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, are rolling along, looking for your call. Give us a shout. We'll be back right after this. Back. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's go over and talk to Dan in Wisconsin, 2012 Dodge Caravan and some blue smoke. Never a good sign. Dan, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? They've and- got a
2: 2012 Dodge Ram. It's a cargo van. Okay. 3.6 liter in it. Okay. And it's smoking. Yeah. A lot. Uh,
0: oil consumption?
2: And number six, yeah, oil consumption. is not. A, it doesn't leak. There's not a drop of oil on the ground. All right. But uh, number six cylinders followed out. And I'm wondering if it could be just something as, you know, I guess, lack of a better way of saying it, as simple as valve valve stem steel. Yes, absolutely. Or are we looking like a new head or new engine? How
0: how many miles are on this, Dan?
2: 161,000.
0: Okay. So let's look at this from a couple of different scenarios, and then we'll talk about how to diagnose it. At one hundred and sixty one thousand miles, are you going to just do one cylinder head or both?
2: Well, if that's what it is, I would probably just do the the number two four six head Okay, that's seems to be the one Chrysler's had the most problems right.
0: with. Right. And they and they have had problems with the heads. So you know, at, at that case, then yeah, it's probably in the head. You would you would need to um, do some further detailed diagnosis. Valve cover off, um, air the cylinder, measure rock in the valve guide against the uh, against the valve stem. But the problem is, how tough is it to get access to this thing? It's it's probably a crowded engine compartment. Is it the back head or the front head? It's the front head. Okay. Well, thank God for that, right? That's the easy one to get though. So something, something. Then it probably can't be the head. Um, It's too easy to work on, Um, uh, (laughs) right? So how long has it been doing this? The last
2: real, the last real car that I worked on was was my '69 Roadrunner with the 383 in it.
0: Well, it's it's amazing.
2: Back in the
0: late 70s. I think you're the I think you're the third or fourth guy in a month to call up talking about old school Roadrunners. It's amazing how many people had those, right? Um, you I know, I wish
2: I still had mine.
0: Yeah, well, and I, and every person to a to a one says the same thing. I wish I still had mine. Um, go out and get one. So you know those cars. You, are, those cars are coming down in price too, brother. Um, do you ever you ever look I at know. the pricing on some of those things?
2: Oh yeah, they you know, I watch that uh, Barrett Auto Auction no. stuff and
0: don't, don't you watch know, those
2: things are cheery.
0: Well, but, don't watch you know. Barrett Jackson. I got to tell you, you know, not to make a comment about it, but I will. Don't watch Barrett Jackson. Barrett Jackson has done more towards ruining what classic cars are worth in the sport and the hobby than than any other single organization, in my opinion, because they've just they've overinflated everything. Everything's worth a million dollars now, and you know yeah. it makes it makes people afraid to drive a car. Uh, and I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that you know this, this stuff's made to be driven because at the rate things are going, thirty years from now, when there's no more gasoline and everything's an electric car, uh, all these Hemi Cudas that are a half a million dollars or more aren't going to be worth anything because nobody's going to know what to do with them. Um, right. You, you know. So, but yeah, would by all they, means.
2: Going back to the van. Yeah. Would I found I found a 2017 that's wrecked. It's got 11,000 miles on it. It's got the same 3.6 liter. Would that work in mine, or is every have they changed enough changes in them where that one probably even run?
0: I've got to say they've probably changed enough that it may not physically bolt up, match up, or plug in. But what you could do is reference the local Chrysler store and tell them you've got a you know you've got a 2012. They're going to ask for the VIN and. You know, if that other engine still has an, a vehicle attached to it, you can get the VIN off of that and reference both of them. If they tell you, if you if if they tell you a replacement head would fit either vehicle, then in theory they should both be the same. And then, but you don't want to do the head; you want to do the whole engine, is what you're saying.
2: Well, yeah, I want to get by fixing this as inexpensively as possible, yeah. and you know, I can get valve guide seals from you know napa or somebody for 40 bucks right a whole set
0: well but chances you
2: go to chrysler they want six bucks a piece
0: right well but the problem is is it is it valve guide seals or is the guide itself worn out my my understanding is right. these tend to wear this these tend to wear the guide all right so yeah, the, these, these okay. tend to wear out the guide uh, and then the other thing you yeah. i just want to yeah. caution you against is how long has this been smoking blue how many miles how many months
2: uh, I just bought it. I bought it as a work van, knowing that the engine is bad right. or going bad. Right. Um, the guy he bought it at 155,000, and it was not smoking then. Okay. And then it just started, You know, he's put six, seven thousand miles on it, six or seven thousand in a year and a half.
0: Because here's the here's the so, concern I've got when a when a newer vehicle starts to show blue smoke. All right. Um, it, it tells me that it's reached a point where the catalytic converter can no longer mask the condition. Got to remember, cats are very efficient, and it will it will mask a, a an oil burner by actually creating a chemical change inside the cat and, and reducing the volume of smoke, if any at all. When it finally gets to the point where it's coming out the tailpipe, it's pretty bad. I bet you, you you've got to have an oil consumption issue, right?
2: Well, according to Chrysler, everything I've read online, that if you use a quart of oil every 1,000 miles...
0: Yeah, they consider that okay. acceptable, right, yeah. Another example of we had we, we, we made engines for 107 years, and now we can't make anything last longer than, you know, uh, because this is the way it is.
2: You know, I've got two Chevys that I change oil on every 5,000 miles, and they don't take a drop.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And
2: Chrysler got... says 1,000 a, a you know, a quart every thousand miles
0: is okay. I, I've got a I've got a ninety seven <laughs> Ford Ranger with two hundred eleven thousand miles on it. It doesn't burn or, or leak a drop of oil, um, in between changes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I get I, it.
2: You know, I I, I found an engine at a junkyard. They want eight hundred fifty bucks for it. It's got fifty thousand miles on it. Okay, but you know, well, going to get the same thing you got now, or
0: right? You know, and that's the problem. Know. You see, and and the problem becomes that. You know, when does this have a cap problem? You don't know. When does this wear out the other head? You don't know. So, you know, you 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 could do this as cheap as possible. Maybe it's a weekend of, of elbow grease and a head gasket set and just swap out the head with something else. Um, there are a bunch of places online you can buy reman heads. Just be wary of what you're getting. I still like to buy engine parts from the local guy because I've got somebody to go back and talk to when there's a problem, you know, whenever there's an issue. But you know, by by all means, you're 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 kind of headed in the right direction, all right. If it's easy enough to get to, what I would probably do to help move the conversation along is I would get yeah, you, you got the ability to air the cylinder, Dan. You know, fill the cylinder up with air. Aeropl- you know, I've got a
2: compressor.
0: Yeah, I've you got
2: know. a compressor. I just have to get the adapter,
0: right. for the holes. You know, if you got an O'Reilly Auto Parts by you, get out to get out to your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. They'll have the adapters you need and. You know, you can just air the cylinder, close the valve, air the cylinder, and um, take the valve spring off. You'll need to buy some tools for that, but take the valve spring off mm-hmm. and wrap a rubber band around the valve stem. Remember this from high school auto shop where you would wrap the rubber band around the valve stem, and then you can lift the valve safely off the seat without having it fall into the head, into the cylinder? Yep. And then you can just, you know, open it up ten thousands and just rock the valve Rock the valve stem against the guide and see what your wear is. You might want to put an indicator on it. Maybe they're so badly wiped out you won't even. You know, you'll just know that oh, yeah, a quarter of an inch isn't good. <laughs> um, you know, the, that's the. Now, there's stage. no check
2: or nothing. The thing runs like a top. Yeah, in town. you know, yeah. it doesn't mess, pop, bang, or nothing. But,
0: hey, listen, you know, I've got
2: an engine code that says the catal- catalytic converter on that side of the engine is bad.
0: Right, P zero four twenty or four thirty. Into the exhaust right. manifold. Yeah. Right, and the reason so that 350 tells me fifty
2: bucks for a head and three hundred and fifty for a manifold. I'm up to eight hundred
0: bucks again. Right. You know? Well, yeah, and that tells me that this leak's been going on for a while because you're probably also going to find that at some point you'll put a, a couple of oxygen sensors in this as well because if the cat's been coated with oil, so's the O2. So you know, it's listen. You can do this as inexpensively as you like. It just depends. You got to have a high tolerance for doing it again when something doesn't go right. So I would tell you, you know, measure how much play the guide has in it. Make sure it's in that head. There's nothing else strange going on. Then, you know, yeah, you can use an aftermarket cat. It won't last as long as an OE, but who cares? It's a 160,000-mile five-year-old work van. Um, be prepared to put O2 sensors in it, and, you know, you can kind of take it from there. But never underestimate how much oil can pump through a guide when it's worn like that because you you – You'll be surprised, um, you know, what the rest of that exhaust system and catalytic converter look like. All right, sir? Very good. Dan, good luck to you and yours, and uh, get that Roadrunner. Beep, beep. And uh, send us pictures when you do. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. 560 Ron and Amy, The Car Doctor, coming back right after this.
3: Shut up and start talking.
0: That's me, I'm broadcasting. Hey, Ron and Eden, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900, 24-7 phone number. Keep that in mind during the week, 855-560-9900. Call, leave a message. And our executive producer, whoever that might be at the rotation of the dial there, uh, will give you a call. I got a feeling it's going to be Motorhead Matt as Tom Ray is stepping aside so he can resort to his real talents, that of sweeping the floors and uh, cleaning the head. Um, answers to the trivia question for the last two hours. I'm amazed nobody got this. In 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton applied for a patent, U.S. number 912831, for what device? Turn signals. And the answer, the correct answer, is turn signals were a big advancement for automobile safety. But they would not blink until 1920. Now I always thought turn signals were like the Three Stooges, which we were just you know paying tribute to, where it was um, you know you stuck your hand out, smacked the cop in the face as you were approaching the intersection. That was way you know which way to turn the car. But I guess oh not.
3: wise guy, eh? Yeah,
0: that's me slightly. Um, but yeah, 1911, and um, I'm sorry, that was uh, 1907, Percy Douglas Hamilton. And uh, turn signals, so uh, we've all got that. Hey, a little bit of a car doctor, um, well, I don't know what you want to call this. Call it what, Call it whatever you want. John Stattmuller, JS, I know him as, uh, Mustang aficionado, Ford guy. He's uh, been laid up in the hospital for the past week or so, and uh, I just read on Facebook that um, he's being released today, and I just want to take the minute here to wish him uh, Godspeed and uh, healthy recovery and uh, a quick recovery. JS, uh, glad to see you're out of the hospital, and um, I know he's a podcaster. He might be listening right now. Um, uh, but uh, let him hear his name on radio and uh, get better soon, buddy. Uh, we miss you down at the shop. Um, we were talking last week also, I want to comment on this, about plugging into the future. Anthony Emilio sent us the Chicago Tribune article about electric cars and the way the electric car thing is going to change, and it's, it's growing, and electric cars are cheaper to operate and all that. Did anybody catch the article this week about Volvo in the news by 2020, Volvo will not make an internal combustion engine.
3: Let's 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 have a pregnant pause there. I saw the one that said they were the cars coming out recently are going to be all hybrid and or just electric. Right, but I didn't see that one.
0: By 2020, Volvo. I think it's 2019. Um, they're they're shooting for it. clearly by 2020, Volvo will not make an internal combustion engine vehicle. Wow. What is that going to do? Does that mean all those guys in the Middle East are sitting there going, now what are we going to do with all this oil? Nobody's going to want it. Now we're going to see gas a quarter a gallon. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it it could happen, all right? Uh, somebody also told me, and I, I have not found this yet, but in France this week, not that it matters what France says, but in France this week, there was talk and conversation about they will no longer be producing internal combustion engines in the uh, French car companies, whatever's left, um, after 2021 or 2020 as well. Everything is clearly going electric or hybrid, and you have to say to yourself, you know, to what level and how will this impact future economies? Because I'm telling you right now, you may not believe me, but the automobile is such a huge part of the world economy as electric vehicles grow in dominance, less gasoline, less repairs, less problems, you're going to see the economies of the world shift. It's, uh, it's going to get to be very, very interesting. So uh, just something to be aware of, you know, um, just like, wow, again. Let's do a quick piece of email. Um, I want to get this one out while I can. Uh, this one comes to us uh, from Richard in the southwest corner of Lansing, Michigan. He'd like to know what percentage of regular synthetic constitutes a synthetic blend. Um, You you know what, Richard? I'm not sure about that, to be blunt and honest. And I've never really paid much attention to synthetic blend. Synthetic blend oil is not one of my favorites. I personally think that if you're going to the expense of synthetic blend, you might as well go to a synthetic. It's a few pennies more. It's better protection. The car can run longer in between drain intervals, and you'll be much better off in the long run um, doing it that way. So uh, just stay with the synthetic over the synthetic blend um, just be aware that, um, you know, I've got to think that the percentage of blend ratio varies by manufacturers. You can get out to com and read more about it as far as uh, how they make their synthetic and their synthetic blends. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Hey, welcome back. one of the Car Doctor. I got two minutes. Let's go over to Yosef in Kansas. Yosef, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help real quick?
1: Uh, my question is, can you convert a 1995 Ford Windstar transmission to an 03 Windstar at all? Or is there no. any problems with that at, at
0: all? Or My my initial reaction is no, it can't be done, and I'll tell you why. All right? In in 1995 95 cars, things were much more mechanical, much more solenoid-operated much less electronic. 03, and it's nothing compared to the cars of today, but in in 03, they were headed towards more electronic-driven componentry to give us the cars that we have today. Um, If they could take one component out of the trans in 95 and move its job into the powertrain control module so that it was now done electronically with software updates instead of having to maintain a part, the cost savings is huge, and that's what you always have to think about, the ability for them to not have to store that part, make that part, assemble that part, install that part, warranty that part. Now they can fix whatever that part did by a by a, a software update. Now think about that. Okay, they, so if, what do you... Well, the way I would approach this is I would get down to a salvage yard and see, does the... Does, do they have a... Back in the day, it was a Hollander interchange guide. And they would look up. Now, if that says 95 to 03 is the same, yeah, then you can do it. But if it doesn't, I don't believe there's going to be any way you could economically make that change and fabricate it and make it fit and make it work and make it do everything it's supposed to do. You'd be better off finding something closer to or an exact fit for an 03 wind star. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.